This is Donald Trump, and you're listening to Joey Valentine on Fat Guy Loves Cake. Thank you, Uncle T. It's great to be here back on the saddle, back in the saddle, back on some kind of saddle, riding again off into the sunset or away from it. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but Fat Guy Loves Cake is here to stay. The masses have demanded that Joey Valentine stays in rotation, so here I am. This is the first of a new format. We're going to be doing one show a week. I'm going to make it as long as I possibly can, but either way, there's no pressure to get to me. You can listen to it at any time. You won't miss any shows. I'm going to I'm just going to jam it all into one episode so you can get around to whenever you have the time because I know that life happens. Yeah, that's so stupid. I shouldn't even leave that. But hey, you know what? Hey. <laughs> you know what that's in celebration of? Absolutely nothing. All right, so Let's get this show going, huh? I am Joey Valentine. This is Fat Guy Loves Cake, your weekly podcast where I talk things all pop culture, America, Americana, and sometimes music, sometimes movies, and uh, try and keep you entertained for well over 30 minutes, if I can keep your ear, if you'll let me bend it for that long. I thank you for joining me. Please make sure you hit the follow button on whatever format you're using so that you get notified whenever a new episode comes up and you don't miss anything. I love, love, love making shows for you guys. I love making people laugh. And again, it was so wonderful to hear so many people reach out to me and say, dude, come on. And I was like, yeah, I'm being a little shit. I'm being a little fucking cry, baby. I'm being a poser. So we're going to do this. All right. And in celebration of the new format of the show, I'm going to uh, tell some stories about myself. In fact, this story is a good one. This is about the t- <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Let me compose myself here. Um, <clears throat> okay. All right, so I got a good story from my past to tell you guys tonight, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be really funny, and it's going to be really embarrassing for me, as always, because that's just the kind of story that I tell. Well, before I get to that, let's talk a little bit about football okay sunday it is sunday right now it's gonna be monday for you october the 2nd 2023 right now it's 10 1 the beginning of october which means the beginning of halloween that's awesome we're into uh week four of football season and the cowboys just got done playing here in my time zone and it was a routing 38 to 3 against the New England Patriots. They hosted them in Dallas and it was just spectacular. Got my fantasy league football scores up nice and high because last week I got absolutely shellacked. Patriots lost. And I can't believe it. The absolute terrible franchise of the Houston Texans managed to also get a route at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's awesome. I hate the Steelers and I am indifferent to the Texans. I am from Houston and I should be a fan of the Texans, but they are a terribly, terribly managed franchise. So I cannot give them my support. I have been a Cowboys fan since the Oilers left Houston, which was that was my team back in the day. Uh, Now it is the Cowboys. And I know, like, please do not judge me because of that. I know that being a Cowboys fan is a lot like being a Trump supporter. Like, half the world is your friend and half the world hates you. There's no middle ground, right? Like, I've literally had girls turn me down for dates 
finding out that I'm a Cowboys fan. You, uh, if you meet a girl that knows just as much about the Cowboys as you do, she's a keeper. So that's about all the uh, sports we need to talk about. Well, all football anyway. A reminder to all of you that hockey season has started. It is preseason. It will not be the definitive start of the 23-24 NHL season until October 12th. For the Dallas Stars anyway. I think there's a couple games prior to that. But the Dallas Stars will be opening the season playing in St. Louis against the Blues. And so I will be unreachable for that span of time while that game is playing. I do have one story I wanted to share with you guys before I get into talking about myself. Yeah, how do you like that? <laughs> Fancy new breaking news intro for uh, anyone who cares. Uh, yeah, I try to sound real professional here. I'm in the studio. I'm in the fat studio right now. I'm in the cake studio i don't know i don't have a name for my studio i do have a studio i mean it's pretty nice little setup it's pretty dope man i got lots of screens and lots of cats and no dignity to be found <laughs> anyway this was a story uh that I, I i didn't really want to do a whole lot of um pop culture news type or anything but this one i could not could not uh, pass up because the title alone, Married Pilot Snorts Cocaine Off Topless Woman in Booze-Fueled Rump Before Flight. That alone got me to save it. I have opened it, and now we're going to read it together. A British Airways pilot was suspended and eventually fired after he was reported for drinking and using cocaine the night before a return flight to London. Mike Beaton... That's <laughs> an I'm so fucking immature. A pilot with British Airways had a night off after a flight to Johannesburg last month that he used to indulge in large amounts of alcohol and snort cocaine off the chest of a topless woman, according to a report from the New York Post. Beaten. <laughs> American, sorry. Okay, get it together, bro. It's the word beat. Okay. Beaten. A married father of one, according to the report, revealed his night of antics to a fellow crew member before a return flight to London, telling her that he had been in a uh, he had been a very naughty boy during an exchange of text messages. Well, that was the fucking first mistake he made was telling a chick uh, and expecting that that was not going to be repeated. You fucking retard. Uh, the pilot reportedly told the flight attendant in the text exchange, God, and he's doing it over text. He's leaving a fucking paper trail. At least when you say it to them in person, if it's not on text or being recorded by a recorder, you can deny it. It's plausible, die, deni <laughs> plausible deniability. You can say, well, well, where's your proof? That bitch is crazy. Last week when I was flying with her, she was giving head to everyone in first class. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> the pilot reportedly told the flight attendant in the text exchange that he had met two local men, uh oh, <laughs> a Welsh woman and a young Spanish bird at a Johannesburg nightclub the night before when they engaged in hours of drinking and eventually found themselves at one of the men's apartments. Welsh has decided that I should actually be her boyfriend. Spanish is hooked up with one of the two local lads and is having her tits sucked on their sofa. <laughs> Beaten told his fellow crew member. Uh, the pilot continued to boast that the girls were dancing topless when someone arrived with cocaine, leading him to take a bump of the drug himself. 
I've lost my shirt somewhere, and one of the local lads produced a plate with a few lines of coke, Beaton said. So then there's a debate about whose chest is the best to do a bump off. So I guess he's writing this in real time to his pal on the uh, the plane. Uh, so he says, the <laughs> text continues with, that's the story of how I ended up snorting coke off a girl's tits in Joburg, he continued. That is so fucking stupid. This is a a woman not included in your little antics, your debauchery. You're texting her and you're telling her about what you're doing in real time. She knows she's got to fly back with you to London from South Africa. And you're telling her what woman wants to hear that. I mean, if a woman texted me that I was flying with and she was like, bruh. I just snorted coke off this guy's cock. See you in the morning on the plane, bruh. I'd be like, um, you didn't really think this through, did you? Before you texted me, you realized that I'm going to tell like mm, every fucking person in the world and you're probably going to get in trouble. And there's proof of it because uh, text the pilot went on to explain that he stayed the night with the Welsh shagged her for ages speculating that his use of cocaine may have played a part in the activities, adding that he was so fucked up, I couldn't even lift my head until gone too. I don't know. That's that's sick. That's what he said. When the pilot tried to fly the following day, the crew member reported his wild night out to the airline, causing British Airways to delay this 12-hour flight to Heathrow Airport in London and costing the airline a reported $120,000. Speaking to the Sun, a British Airways source said that the behavior of the pilots stunned the airline. Of all the bad behavior, oh, excuse me, I need to do a British accent. Of all the bad behavior that goes on down route between flights, this incident is hard to believe, the source told the outlet. A first officer has trained rigorously and knows the laws inside now. Their remit is protecting the safety of the passengers. The idea of sending details of his drink and drug session to a stewardess between flights is extraordinarily dumb, the source added. Beaton was reportedly suspended while still in Johannesburg and flown back to London as a passenger on another flight. Once there, he tested positive for the cocaine and was fired. He also tested positive for being a fucking moron. He will never fly again, the airline source told the son, who confirmed with the airline that the pilot no longer works with the company. Reached for comment by Fox News, a spokesperson for British Airways confirmed that the pilot no longer works for the airline while stressing that at no time was the safety of British Airways passengers at risk. Safety is always our top priority, the spokesperson said. The matter was referred to the CAA, Civil Aviation Authority, and this individual no longer works for us, she said. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the year was 1996. I was just a wee lad, a teenager, looking for something to do. Looking for something to do in Houston, Texas. I was hanging out with my then drummer Spencer and his soon-to-be wife Stacy and our other bandmate Bill. We were all sitting around drinking beers, and I got into my head, hey, let's go down to the Diner's News. Now, for those of you who don't know what the Diner's News is, and most of you probably will not, there's a section of Houston 
where Westheimer crosses Montrose. That's at the intersection of two streets. One's called Westheimer, one's called Montrose. It is, without a doubt, the absolute gayest part of town in Houston, period. It is where the parade walks down. It is just gay. And I don't mean like that subtle gay or even flamboyantly gay. I mean that like floats across the room, snapping its fingers and neck and saying things like, yeah, et cetera, et cetera, kind of gay, which is fine. Of course, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying it's it's a whole different world. And as a teenager, it was extremely entertaining. I didn't go down there to start trouble. I went down there all the time. I love the pool hall they had. They had a place called Slick Willies, and I love going in there. I'm a fantastic pool player. I loved hustling for money and uh, finding some girls to do coke off their tits. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, uh, known for its not known for its subtlety when it comes to sexual fetishes and sex shops, etc. There is a place was a place. The building is still there. It is no longer the Diners News, but Diners News was a 24-hour mega porn store. I'd never been there in my life. I'd driven by it a million times growing up because it's like I said, it's on an important road. Westheimer is a massive, massive road that goes for miles and miles each way and there's never like a gap in any kind of uh, commerce or anything it's just goes and goes you go to one end you'll hit Deerbrook Mall I mean excuse me. you go to one end you'll hit them all you go to the other way you hit them all you go north you hit them all and it's you know it's Houston Houston's the fourth largest city in America and you will see that once you start driving around it because you the time it takes to get from one side of Houston to the other is longer a drive like where I live now I could get from one side of town to the other in like 10 minutes if there's no traffic in Houston, you could get from the north side of Houston where Harris County begins to downtown in 45 minutes if there's no traffic. And yes, there's always traffic. And yes, Interstate 45 is like 12 lanes wide on each side, and yet there is still always traffic. So Diners News was located on Montrose next to a club called Numbers. Now, Numbers was a huge, huge place uh, when I was growing up, I don't know if it's still open, but if you go on YouTube, I found a documentary on numbers that I have yet to watch and I should, but there's a full hour long documentary on numbers. Now this was no like hole in the wall. This was a legit club and it had, but it wasn't like massive, but it always had big, big name artists. It had like, you know, Depeche Mode would come through their ministry or nine inch nails, you know, things like that. I mean, it had a lot of industrial, a lot of electronic, a lot of dance. Numbers was huge. It was also full of drugs and lots of bad people and criminals. And I have no doubt that that documentary is about exactly just that. So anyway, Diners News, big, big white one-story building, 24-hour porn store. I'm sitting around with Spencer, Bill, and Stacy, and we've all got a pretty good buzz going. And I say, you know what? So let's go down to Diners News, you know, because we're all 18, you know, now. Like, let's go down to Diners News and see, like, what the big deal is. Bill was 21, by the way. That's how we had alcohol. So Spencer looks to his wife, Stacy. They were a very close couple. They were a lot of fun to be around. And uh, apparently, you know, and I should stop right here and just let you know that I'm going to talk about stuff that involves sex Butt stacks, <laughs> butt stacks, butt stuff, butt sex. Not not the act of doing it, but I'm just saying I'm going to be using you know words like that. So fair warning. I'm not going to get gross or anything. But so Spencer for quite some time had been trying to convince Stacy to let him put it in her ass, 
and <laughs> and for some reason this was public domain. We all knew it. Uh, and we didn't ask to know it. We didn't care. Uh, but yet we always knew the status of whether he had done it or how much he had been trying to do it. And he would always like, and, and this is one of the things he would do. We'd be in a group of people. They could be strangers, right? Cause we were a band. We were always around strangers. We were always playing clubs and stuff. And Spencer would go, Hey Stacy, why don't you tell everyone why you won't let me put it in your ass? And Stacy would give this poor me look like again, really? And she'd go, because he's too big and Spencer would throw his hands up in the air. Like he just scored a touchdown. And of course me and Bill would be like, oh, bro. Yeah. When, anyway, so he just thought he was the bee's knees. Cause he got his woman to say that. And I suppose that is something to be proud of, but it's still so awkward, especially when you do it at church or in the middle of a grocery store. Uh, <laughs> So Spencer says, because we're talking about going to this porn store, Spencer says, Hey, you know what? Why don't we go down there and see if we can get some, you know, some stuff that'll help us, you know, get past this little problem you're having with uh, anal sex. And Stacy is surprisingly on board because she's probably thinking, well, whatever it is, I'm just going to shoot it down anyway. So we, uh, we all hop in the car. We head down to, uh, to the, the diner's news and we take the 45 minute trip to get downtown. We get there and it's the stuff that dreams are made of or nightmares rather. I mean, you know, when you hear about these shady and I say shady, I use that loosely because this place was nice. It was clean. It was very well lit. But when you see stuff in movies and you're like, wow, I wonder if that's like the way it really is. Okay. Well, sometimes it is, you know, because movies didn't just get the idea of what a porn store looks like just out of someone's imagination. Okay. These places really exist. And we walked in, there were, I shit you not hand to God. There were multiple men in trench coats and fedora hats looking at videos to rent. I don't know if they were naked under there <laughs> or not, but this was an endless sea of pornography back in the days of VCR tapes when you could rent them. Um, I wasn't quite the germaphobe then as I am now. And uh, I can only imagine how I would have reacted then. I didn't really know a lot at the age of 18 when it came to um, fluids and transfer of things through fluids. <laughs> Because let me let me break it down for you. What you may already be thinking of, but let me just go ahead and say it anyway. You rent a video from a porn store. A man handles it, who probably has had his dick in his hand all day. He takes it home. He puts it in the VCR. He whacks it. Probably gets a good coat on the palm. And when he's done, he hasn't washed his hand. He grabs the tape, puts it back in the case, and returns it. Now you times that by how many hundreds of people have rented that tape, then you've got a VCR tape that looks like a Jackson Pollock painting if you put a blue light on it. So gross, uh, nothing like that occurred to me back then. If I'd known then the things I know now, I would have walked in there in a hazmat suit with <laughs> gloves on, uh, lots of Lysol, not even touched anything with the gloves. So we start to peruse the videos, Bill, Stacy, and I, we all go 
uh, heading out and looking around. Spencer goes immediately to the counter to ask the uh, proprietor of the business for some assistance in his little problem with the back door with Stacy. We are looking through, and I'm just there for fun, right? I'm not, like, I wouldn't dare watch a porno. I don't even watch them now, but I wouldn't dare watch one back then because I would have turned bright red and I would have felt so self-conscious because, like, no one with a dick under 12 inches ever made a porno. So I'm just there reading the boxes and, and laughing at the names, you know? There was, like, 1,001 cum shots in 20 minutes or something like that and we did the math and it was incredible how many how like how fast each shot would have to be you know and then <laughs> like you had all the movies typically that were named after famous movies you know like forest hump you know any kind of movie that you could take and you could replace it with something sexual and and believe me they've all been done and multiple ones have been done and they are hilarious so I spent my time reading that. Well, Spencer uh, has. Oh, did I mention that there was also a beaded door, you know, like with like a door with beads hanging down? <laughs> OK, you want to talk about another cliche of the porn shop from Hollywood? OK, not a cliche. It's not a cliche. If it's true, you aren't stereotyping something if it's real. Okay, I just want you people to understand that stereotypes don't exist. There's no such thing because somewhere along the line, somebody was doing that so much that people told other people about it. So anyway, there was beaded door to a back room with separate doors. And I don't know if it was to like watch videos or if it was one of those places where you popped a quarter in and the wall slid up and some over the hill broad in a bikini was dancing on a pole and you just kept having to feed it quarters to keep watching the show. And also, was there a guy there? I've heard the expression jizz mopper before. Was there a jizz mopper? And, you know, was his job really to clean up these booths after people, you know. I didn't know then, and I don't know now, and I don't care. Because it's just not something I need to know. So I go back over to Spencer, who's at the counter, and he's looking at stuff. And apparently he is already... Uh, <laughs> made the uh, store owner familiar with the situation, and he's showing him a, a nice variety of lubes. He's got these uh, cigar box size boxes out on the counter, like he's showing off like an engagement ring, right? Well, you could go with this one here in the blue. Uh, this will really make you hard, but you can go, and then we've got the red right here. That That's for her pleasure. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so what's the deal, Spencer? And he says, well, I like this right here. It's not too expensive. It's red. And it's called Anal Ease, and it's cherry flavored. And I'm like, okay, well, get the Anal Ease because I've I've had enough of the porn store. It, like the uh, the joke was only funny for about the first five minutes that we were here. Uh, it has served its purpose. So I believe the porn store has run its course. Let's go. Spencer buys his uh, lube, and we leave. And we start walking down Montrose, heading back towards I don't even know where. So. Spencer's reading the bottle, and I said, I said, cherry-flavored, huh? He's like, yeah, cherry-flavored analies. And uh, I said, well, I said, I wonder if it really tastes like cherry. And he's like, well, why don't you taste it? I'm like, why don't you taste it? And he's like, why don't you taste it? And I said, okay, fuck it, you know? Like, I'm not chicken. Give me the analies. It's not like it's been in anybody's butt yet. So I take this tube. It's shaped like toothpaste, like a toothpaste bottle, but it's clear. It's red. It's got some happy cherries pictured on the front of it. And I undo this large red lid and I take this bottle and I put it in my mouth. I put the end of it into my mouth and I give it just this monster squeeze. Right. And just, 
shoot a huge glob of it into my mouth. And I'm like, you know, and I'm, I'm taking my tongue and I'm rubbing it all over my teeth and my gums. And you know, it's real, real thick, like, like molasses. And so it's sticking to me pretty good. And I tell them, I say, well, it's, it is cherry flavored. It is cherry flavored. And it's actually a pretty good cherry taste, you know? Then that was about the time that I noticed that my mouth was starting to feel very awkward. Turns out, after I start to read the ingredients of said anal ease, the major ingredient, the active ingredient to this lube is Novocaine. If, for some reason, you don't know what Novocaine is, it is the stuff that dentists use to numb your gums and teeth so that you don't feel them drilling into your head. And this stuff had a whole shitload of it. And I don't know why that didn't occur to me before I squirted it in my mouth. In fact, I don't know why it didn't occur to me to read the fucking ingredient list before I squirted it into my mouth, but I didn't. So there I am, and I can't, uh, I can't talk. And I'm trying to, and I'm like, what the fuck is that thing? And everyone starts passing the bottle around, reading the active ingredient, realizing what the dumbass thing I've done is, what's in my mouth, why I'm speaking that way, and they are laughing hysterically. And I'm going, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. And I can't keep my mouth closed because it's that numb. So there's drool just falling out of me, right? All over my shirt, all over the sidewalk, you know, and I'm going, <laughs> trying to keep it in. And uh, we went to Taco uh, Cabana, which happened to be uh, this big pink Taco Cabana on the corner uh, where, inter uh, where Montrose and Westheimer intersect. I went in there. I got me a soda. I couldn't suck on the straw because I couldn't get my lips to purse together to create a vacuum. So whenever I finally started getting it up to the top and my mouth would kind of let go, the fluid would like bounce off my teeth, down my gums, down my chin, all into my lap. It looked like it pissed my pants. It was ridiculous. And so I was having to like tilt my head in this funny way to the side because I couldn't tilt my head back or I'd drown myself by dumping the Coke in there. So I'm like kind of at the, like this, this diagonal head tilt <laughs> dumping soda that is partly going down my swollen tonsils and mostly going down the side of my body. So that was my first uh, experience with Novocaine in a sexual setting as it were at that time. Now, it wouldn't be the last. This is Lafayette from Nerds Talking the Podcast, and when I'm not in my basement whacking off the pictures of Joey Valentine, I'm listening to his show, Fat Guy Loves Cake. The first time that I ever had a relationship where I was actually involved with sex on a, a regular basis was not too long after that. Not too long after that experience with the anal ease glob in my mouth. Like any young lad, I uh, had a problem with my, um, how should I put it, my endurance. <laughs> uh, and that can create a problem. Uh, it's nothing to be embarrassed about. I mean, when I, honestly, like if I'd known then, you know, what I know now, like, because it, it's nothing to be embarrassed about. I'm not saying it happens to everyone because sometimes some men it actually quite the opposite happens that they can't finish at all. And, uh, if I'd known then like for one, that I, that girl was terrible, like she was a horrible human being. 
and two, that she was going to make like the next year of my life miserable. I would have never taken any measures to make sex any longer than it was. I would have been more like, uh, uh, I win. <laughs> and what was she going to do? Break up with me? Uh, well, so be it. I would have been better off. So in order to try and fix this problem, I head back down to Westheimer Machos. It's her, I, and this guy, Brad, that's a friend of hers from school, and he's driving. We head to, not to the diner's news this time, but to the Walgreens. And I'm going to go in there and I'm going to look in the pharmacy for any kind of thing that helps a man last longer. In that part of town, I was sure it had to exist. I didn't want to go back into the diner's news. I didn't want them to tell because they knew what had happened with the Annalise. And I didn't want anybody telling them that story and then me having to retell it. And then God help me if I had like a, a crowd gathering around me like it was storybook time at the library. I did not want to repeat that story to a bunch of pervy strangers. So I went into Walmart where I could have dignity where I could buy my penis cream. And I walked in there and I went to the condom section. And Michelle and uh, Brad were out in the car. They're waiting out in the car for me. My job is to buy the penis cream. So I go in there and I'm looking through it and I find this stuff. I don't, to this day, can't remember what it was called, you know, soft Peter or something. I don't know. And it, it was also made with Novocaine. So here I am, you know, like, again, apparently Novocaine is the thing. Like, if you want to, if you want to put it in the butt, it's to keep the butt from hurting. If you want to keep from uh, coming fast, you put it on your dick so that you, um, so that you can't feel your dick, I guess, for a while. Which really kind of, <laughs> kind of takes the fun out of sex. But anywho, uh, I went and I found this stuff. And it was in a little box. It was a, just a little, little, little tube. Like a, <laughs> what can I, what was it like? Like a bottle of Neosporin. Okay, it was small like that. Because it wasn't going to take a lot. You didn't want to like grease yourself up with this stuff. Or you may not feel your dick for a month. So it was in a tiny, tiny box in a tiny, tiny bottle. And it was like, I don't know, $6. It wasn't like I had to be a certain age to buy this. It wasn't like I had to show ID. It, it, was, it wasn't like anyone there knew me. I was from North Houston, very, very North Houston, not even in Harris County. And there was no way anyone anywhere was going to know this happened except me and the woman who was going to be checking me out. But I couldn't bring myself to buy this stuff. I just couldn't do it. So I... Uh, I thought, okay, I've never shoplifted before, but I thought, okay, I, I just, I can't, I cannot look this woman in the eyes and have her say, is there anything else, you know? And then, or like, what if that thing that happens in every movie happens, you know, we're like, oh, there's no price on this. Hold on. And then she gets on the, the fucking loudspeaker and goes, uh, I need a price check on can't fuck for long cream price check on my dick doesn't work right. Cream. <laughs> I just couldn't do it, man. I was like shaking thinking about buying the stuff from a stranger. Like now, now I, I would probably walk in there, not only buy it, but sit there and tell her how I was going to use it, why I was going to use it. I'd come back the next day and tell her if it worked or not. But then, no, I was just way too reserved, way too chicken, way too prude. So I said, okay, I'm going to take it. I'm going to pocket it. And I did. Well, what I didn't know was that there was a fucking 
<laughs> alarm detector inside of this little box. It was like a little sticker, little tiny sticker that they had put inside this box. Because the, I guess the box opened and was able to be reclosed. It wasn't one that you had to tear open. So somebody had stuck that sticker in there. Because apparently Walgreens has this major problem with people stealing penis cream with endurance cream for $6 back in 1998 or whatever. Uh, <laughs> this was a hot item, right? <laughs> so I take the, uh, the cream and I put it in my pocket very subtly and I stroll out the door and the alarm goes off and it's fucking loud. I mean, it's like red lights, sirens, you know, and there's red lights lighting up and I just book it. I run to the car and there's Walgreens employees running after me. Like I got a man and a woman manager and the door is open to the back of the car and I jump in and I chuck the cream onto the floor, uh, the floorboard of the car. And the guy's like, come with me. And he's like, and get that and pick it up. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm like, what? Pick what up? What penis cream? I've never seen that in my life. <laughs> so, uh, he grabs me by the arm and he, uh, you know, he was cool about it. He wasn't like aggressive or anything, but he's like, he takes me in. And all I'm thinking is like, that's it. I'm dead. That's it. My life is fucking over. Like, not only are they going to call my parents because even if I don't call my parents from jail, they're going, my mother is going to find out if I'm in jail because she's going to start calling the jails because I haven't come home. And when she does and she finds out that the charge is shoplifting, well, my mother is just nosy enough to where she's going to ask what it was I shoplifted. And there's no way that Harris County police were going to do me a favor and tell her it was gum or cigarettes or something. No, they're going to tell her right out. I'm sorry, Joey's mom, but uh, he was caught stealing endurance cream so that he could bang his girlfriend longer than three seconds. And then she goes, oh, and faints. <laughs> and then I have to hear about it the whole way home. I can't believe of all the things that you were going to steal. You stole something so you could have sex. And I, I'm just like, please, please stop talking about sex. Please stop. Talking. Please stop saying penis. Please stop saying penis cream. Please stop saying sex. And I just, uh, I knew there was no way. I didn't know what, <laughs> you know what they say when you're like close to death, like your life flashes before your eyes. Well, when I was close to arrest my life flashed before my eyes and it was really a long movie and it, it was just awful. And so he walked me to the back of Walgreens and he sat me down and I said, look, man, I'll pay for it. And he was just, he just ignored me. He was filling something out, filling something out. He was kind of at a table. He was sideways to me and I was sitting on these stairs that led up to a whatever, I don't know, something on a, a higher thing up above me. And, I'm sitting on the stairs and he's filling something out. It's probably like a, something that has to go to corporate. Like this person stole this on this date at this time. And they are, this is their name and they're not allowed back here anymore because that's what ended up happening was he, he turned to me and he had a Polaroid camera. You guys remember Polaroid cameras, instant pictures. He snapped a picture of me sitting on those stairs, 18 years old, couldn't shave yet looking like I was 12, skinny as a rail. And then I noticed that on the wall to the left of me is a whole bunch of other Polaroids, like a hundred of them, and people sitting on the stairs in the same position as I. And he takes my picture and he tacks it up 
next to all the other criminals, the real criminals. And then he says, sign this. And I signed it. I didn't even read it. And he says, don't ever come back to this Walgreens again or you will be arrested. And I almost, almost hugged him and cheered and jumped up and down for joy. But I held that until I got outside. And then by the time I got outside, I realized I was going to have to explain to Michelle and Brad why the hell I was being taken back into the Walgreens and then escorted back out. So that was a whole another story for me to tell and explain to them. And here's the thing. Uh, <clears throat> Michelle and Brad didn't know that I was going in there for that. They thought I was going in there for condoms for Brad and myself. They didn't know that I was going in there for that cream. That was a problem I was trying to solve on my own. So that was a fun ride home explaining to my then girlfriend why I was busted for shoplifting. Well, folks, I think that's enough storytelling for me tonight. I didn't really want to get on here and do a super duper long show because I was just with you guys on Friday. But uh, next Monday, you can guarantee is going to be at least a solid hour and uh, going to have a lot more current events and things like that. If you have the time and you want to see more of me, go to the Joey Valentine YouTube page where I talk politics and pop culture and try and make you laugh. If you'd like to reach me, if you'd like to be a guest, if you'd like to tell me something, if you'd like to hear me talk about something specific, you can message me at fatguylovescake at yahoo.com. In the meantime, I want you to hug your children, kiss your kitty cats, and please be nice to each other out there. I will be back in one week. I love you guys. I'll see you then. Never met a girl that made me realize There was so much more right in front of my eyes Told me things that I had never known before Wanted me to put it right in her back door Talking about butt stuff Butt stuff Butt stuff Butt stuff Talking about butt stuff Butt stuff Butt stuff Butt stuff Talking about butt stuff Butt stuff Butt stuff Butt stuff Talking about butt stuff Butt stuff Butt stuff Yeah Talking about butt stuff
hang out, campers. You haven't had enough Joey Valentine yet. Here's this new hit single coming in for you to listen to. It's Night Run. Get on your car and put your foot on the gas. We're going downtown to get some ass. You're looking real cool. Yeah, like a superstar. With your glasses on, you can see real far. Night run, night run, night run. You're going on a night run, yeah, yeah.
Recently, when I became deathly ill, I was able to summon an ambulance, my next-door neighbor, my family, and my doctor without picking up a telephone. I used this remote control to contact LifeCall, my 24-hour emergency medical response service. Watch. You just press this button and speak into the air and... I'm having chest pain. I'm calling paramedics and your family, Mr. Miller. I've fallen and I can't get up. We're sending help immediately, Mrs. Fletcher. See? Protect yourself with life call and you're never alone. To get complete free information by mail about this affordable medical emergency response system, call toll-free now. Life call can save your life, so call to get free details by mail right away. For free information about LifeCall, call 1-800-872-9100. That's 1-800-872-9100. Oh, here, let me fuck your face again, then. Don't be... Oh, right there. Oh, right there. Oh.